0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. We got Jays jumpers, Jaren Jackson Jr., John Morant, Joe Johnsons, Raffs. Of course, we've got Jays. We've got him for days. Josh, how are you doing?
1: I am happy to be actually talking about the forthcoming college basketball season. I think this this is the first time, right? Contemplating. I believe so. We did a little bit of looking ahead at the end of the national championship, Mm -hmm. but this is, we now get to talk about teams. Hey, we do so much,
0: we do so many podcasts not talking about teams. (laughs) We do that, we do that for like six months. We'll like talk about games for six months, but then we gotta, we gotta come up with content for six months. Right, well, like, a lot like, of that we get to spend talking about teams. Eventually. Yeah, but you know, there is having, the dark time, though. But I, there's also like there's also like a subcategory of like yeah, but then it's still three months of predictive conversation. Sure, sure, sure. Right, not, not, not
1: actually talking about things that have happened on the court. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so these are but these these are the dark times. And see, I love talking about this kind of hypothetical stuff. So,
0: and now we're into you know we have a we're we're close very close, and in many cases where we're going to be when it comes to rosters in uh, the 2022 2023 season um, the transfer portal is relatively quiet um, and at least the the biggest of names are uh, are back um or sorry the biggest of names have made their some of them are are back, back. Okay. Some, some of, them- of th- some of them are back okay or have a new home don't don't look at me like. Some of them are. Some of them are back. Um, some of them are back. Are, are headed somewhere else. Some of them have left the sport completely. But many of them. But all of them have made decisions. That's where I'm trying to get to, Josh. There all of go. them have made decisions. There. Um, and therefore, it's time to do a winners and losers transfer portal podcast, Mister Doring. Let's start with winners. Okay. And you have to start in one place, or we're turning off the podcast. Oh, do you know well, which one I'm talking
1: about? Well, see, one of mine is a little bit of a shortcut. A shortcut. But that, that's the place I want to start.
0: Okay, start there. The Fine. Big, the oh, big wow. East
1: Conference.
0: Okay, go on. I just want
1: to go down this because I was going. Well, I started looking and I thought, okay, I like this Big East team and this mm-hmm. Big East team. But wait a second, I wanted. I can't make this entire list a bunch of Big East winners. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, they are some of the biggest winners. And collectively as a conference, nobody did better. Mm -hmm. So here we go, I just wanna run down some of them and if you've got a team or two that you wanna focus on. Mm -hmm. The first team that jumped out at me was St. John's. Okay. I know you're not particularly thrilled about Andre Corbello, I have questions too. But Andre Corbello, Posh Alexander in the backcourt. Fascinating if nothing else. (laughs) Exceptionally talented if nothing else. Are we sure Andre Cabello is excep- exceptionally talented? Yes. Are we sure? My questions have nothing to do is with Posh that. Alex- is talent. Posh Alexander exceptionally talented? Go look at his numbers from last year. That is an awfully good... Uh,
0: that's, like, that's either an awfully good backcourt or a backcourt that's so... That is such a train wreck, It's you can't take your eyes off. Yes,
1: it is a... <laughs> High potential, captivating Uh backcourt, nothing else. And you add David Jones from DePaul inside the conference, who averaged 14 and a half points and 7.4 rebounds. Phenomenal. And you're adding it basically to the core you already have. Okay, because a lot of this for me is sort of the the net gain you have as opposed to just getting the big names. Butler. You don't have a coach. Your team enters the transfer portal. You don't lose anybody after you hire Fad Mata, and you bring in Manny Bates and Eric Hunter Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, not world beaters, not, you know, the top recruits out there or top transfers out there, but two guys who fill desperate needs you had on that roster. Mm-hmm. And Manny Bates is going to be an excellent rim protector, and that's something this team just doesn't have, hasn't had recently. Seton Hall. Shaquille Holloway goes and brings in Casey Nadefo and Alamir Dawes from Clemson, who was their best player last year. Mm-hmm. Providence gets Bryce Hopkins, Noah Locke, and Devin Carter. All high major transfers. And then Creighton with the biggest potential coup of them all. And Baylor Shireman. Uh Who is going to shoot the lights out on a team built to shoot the lights out. Him and Creighton is just a perfect match. So I couldn't just pick one of them. So I wanted to highlight all of them. So the Big East is my winner. because You
0: told me to come to this podcast with three winners. And you brought ten of them. (laughs)
1: More like seven. And no, yeah, seven.
0: Seven. <laughs> okay, you still doubled the amount of winners <laughs> yes. I was supposed to I have. Could... You know what, Josh? I wanna talk about Gonzaga. That was also one of my other winners. Okay. So there you go. Okay. We're gonna talk about Gonzaga, is yes. that okay? I wanna talk uh, about Gonzaga too. So, you know, right, of course, transfer portal and NBA draft decisions part of the conversation here, right? So Starts with Drew Timmy, right? Very rarely, and when we you know we look back, it's it's not all that common that a preseason national player of the year comes back the next season. And
1: we're talking Tyler Hansborough over here,
0: right? Hansburry, um, Greg, McDoug- Greg, Doug McDermott. Who,
1: by the way, congratulations, Doug McBuckett's highest paid player on an NBA team. Did you know that? Currently, who does he play for? San Antonio Spurs. Oh, that's right.
0: I love that. Shouts to the, the Spurs. Spurs. Shamelessly taking <laughs> taking for Victor Womenyama. I love it. I. It is so. It is so. Shameless. I love it. they were like, you know what? And you know what, Atlanta? You can have our best player. You can have him. We got Doug in the buckets. We've got. <laughs> Because every three and a half weeks, Dougie McBuckets will go will go seven of fourteen from the three point line and have thirty two points.
1: Continue on, Gonzaga. Sorry, um, just to bring that in. But but bring that's that where up.
0: but that's where this starts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with Drew Temme. Um It starts with, I mean, maybe not the preseason National Player of the Year this year, which is also kind of interesting.
1: Only I mean, because last year's came back. Right. Too. Only because <laughs> last
0: year's came back as well as Armando Baycott. Um, but and we don't have to have a, t- a long conversation about this, but. I think it's worth having this quick conversation about this idea of this combination of big guys in college kind of being some of the best players in the sport the last few years, combined with a lot of those guys not having ideal NBA games. And so what you get is you've got you've got, you know, you could build usually it's oh I love my first team All America is all guards. This year, my first team All America, like <laughs> a lot of big dudes. Yep, Drew Timmy, Armando Baycott, and Oscar Sheboy. And Oscar Sheboy go three on of there the best immediately. Five players in the country. And then we haven't even talked about Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson. Um, that's all. Okay, I, got. I think that's about. But that's like yeah. five dudes. That if you're like, yeah, those are the five best players in college basketball this year. I'd be like, yeah,
1: okay. At least five, the top eight or ten. So yeah. it's
0: an interest. It is created in a world where like the college game is being threatened by other avenues. That all of a sudden, like for like more so than in I would argue a while, like the best players in the sport, like at the tippity top of it, and not the best prospects, the best like players in college basketball from a production standpoint, are coming back because first of all, like Oshkashiboy is a millionaire now, playing at Kentucky, so that helps. And also Oshka Shiboi is either the best player on a national championship title contender this year, or he's probably a G League player next year in the NBA. So a very interesting conversation uh, to be had there. But, right, starts with Drew Timmy, and then, you know, you add your guys, starting with Malachi Smith, um, who, you know, a a mid-major guy, which is interesting, right, a mid-major guy that is coming over um, to a high-major program. We've talked about that plenty Um, And when you look at it, the most productive of transfers at Gonzaga, a lot of them come from other high major programs.
1: Yeah. Well, technically, it's still a mid-major program. Stop it. But that's disrespectful to Gonzaga.
0: Stop it. Yeah. Um,
1: Right, but they they do draw a lot of your Andrew Nemhards and
0: Right. Andrew Nimhards, I mean like Nigel Williams Goss came from yeah. Washington. Brandon Clark Rassier, was a mid major. Yes. Rasier Bolton. Bolton came right. from Multiple from Iowa State. high so, major teams. Um, but um but then it starts there.
1: Yeah, I, I mean twenty seven, three and two mm-hmm. at UT Chattanooga. It's a lot. Now this is somewhat interesting because what you're gonna remember about Malachi Smith from last year was his rough game in the NCAA tournament. Uh huh. However, I was just sort of going back and looking at his box scores game by game to see if this was a trend against higher-level opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put up some big numbers against some of the better high major, mid-major teams they played. Mm-hmm. Murray State's and that teams of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, is he going to give you 18 a game? No. Does he have to? Absolutely yeah. not. He's, he is one of, was one of the most productive players at the mid-major level last year was always going to end up at this kind of quality program. Mm-hmm. They were not the only ones going after him. Yeah, absolutely. And then you throw in Efton Reed, too, who played 20 minutes a game for LSU as a former five-star recruit. Borderline five-star, depending on who you ask. But right. Some people had him as a five-star, so I'm calling him a five-star. And he's right. So he's going to come in and replace Jed Holmgren. You lost Nem Hartz. So you got Malakai. You, you, you lost two pieces. You replaced those pieces and kept everything else intact. hmm they're gonna be lethal again. There's, and we've talked a little bit about this already, but it's it's incredible. It's almost a cheat code for Mark Few because guys don't transfer if they're getting the playing time, right? If he if he if they are important to Gonzaga, they don't leave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He can also go get five star freshmen out of the high school ranks, and it's always a place <laughs> that the best players looking to transfer want to be too. Mm-hmm. So he can. Build for the long term, develop guys over multiple years, and then sprinkle in. And some then of when the he most... has a hole, he can right.
0: fill it with the best player at that. Right, sprinkle in
1: this, sprinkle in this incredible amount of talent, whether it's from the, the high school traditional recruiting or the transfer portal recruiting. It's, it's incredible.
0: And and the thing, you know, we kind of had this conversation last year, and the last couple of years when it comes to one and done five star, talent, right. And all of a sudden, this year is like we're kind of back to the bread and butter of Gonzaga, this year, right? Yep. It's it's not they didn't bring in three more like no. five star guys that are going to dominate. <laughs> Those
1: the other five stars are now going to play bigger roles. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. and, and that's
0: maybe right. It's it's not we we had this conversation. Okay, does Mark Few just kind of you know does he reload with three elite freshmen every year and then sprinkle in transfers? Right. Is that kind of how he starts to build his program? And instead, what you have is it's a a team anchored by, what, a fifth-year senior now? Fifth? Fifth year? At least. least, I think fifth. Maybe he's like 30 now. Maybe he's like 34 years old now. See, you would have thought it was
1: was five years ago. I think he's a fifth-year. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: But it's anchored by that guy, and you know, you kind of hope that you've got, you know, some five stars from last year that step into bigger roles with guys with guys like Andrew hard leaving. You have your you know the guards last year that weren't quite as elite as maybe they were supposed to be, and maybe that's why you know part of the reason why Gonzaga wasn't didn't feel as untouchable last year as it mm-hmm. did the year prior. Yeah. Um. But they step into bigger roles. Rasir Bolton is back. You still got you know your Julian Strothers of the world, and you've. All of a sudden, got this lethal roster led by one of the best players in the country, and then a bunch of guys who know how to produce on the college level. And that's kind of what we've returned to after these couple years of, you know, Jalen Suggs, a freshman, and then Chuck Holmgren, a freshman, kind of being
1: the second most important player on both of those teams. Yeah, fitting into a larger picture, but being one of the guys. Right. Yeah.
0: But it, but, you know, the conversation last year and the year before was like, Like, it was Chet Holmgren. That was the conversation. And this year, it's much more, here's Drew Timmy and just a damn good college basketball team around him with a bunch of guys that have played a lot of years collectively in the sport. And we're kind of right back where, and that's kind of the Gonzaga bread and butter, much more than the, oh, we got three more five stars this year. We're going to be super talented. We'll see how good we actually are. That's kind of the one-and-done era, you know, revolving door. And you hope that, you know, you have a guy that kind of, you know the the best years are the ones where you got some where you hit on some freshmen and then you have some leaders that have stayed for a couple of years. But Gonzaga are kind of on their way back to, to where they were a couple of years before. But the Gonzaga is my first one.
1: You want to do your second one since now I've done two of mine. I well, actually,
0: well, actually, all of my winners were on uh, that list. I'm
1: I was gonna say. I highly doubt that.
0: You highly doubt that. Why do you highly doubt that?
1: I feel like you would have diversified
0: um, more than just I, the Big yeah, East. I have a question. Is Miami allowed to be a winner in the transfer portal?
1: Sure. I didn't.
0: I sort of strayed away from that. But and, uh, do we have a fundamental issue no. with Miami being a winner of the transfer no, portal? No, they
1: landed arguably the top recruit in the transfer portal. Yes, but, but do we give them
0: props for that when we really just threw money at him?
1: That's what this is now. Yeah, isn't that unfortunate?
0: You don't yes. find that unfortunate? Uh, it's
1: unfortunate. I'm just trying not to get to dwell on that too much because it just there's no point we are where we are okay (laughs) so yeah i think it's absolutely valid um i'm gonna throw illinois into the pot here that was my third one
0: uh illinois into the pot here uh they lose andre cabello i think we can have a conversation of whether that's a net positive (laughs) or a net negative that was honestly,
1: um, but before you continue, when I was debating whether I wanted to make Illinois a winner when I, before I had decided to turn the Big East into one winner, that was part of my thought process is, I'm not sure the net gain is enough with what they've lost. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think Andre Crabello is an addition by subtraction. So at that point, I could justify making him a winner.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we can have that conversation. And apparently, it's not a commentary apparently on Uber talented by the way.
1: He is. It's not a commentary on him. It's just it wasn't working for whatever reason with Brad Underwood in that program. Y- yes, you It know, was time to, you move know,
0: on. most programs don't like, you know, just such bad ball control that you can't you can't look away. Most most programs don't like that anyways. What I was trying <laughs> to get to Josh is that you get rid of Andre Cabello, perhaps addition by subtraction. We can at least entertain yes. that oh, possibility. Yes. I would agree with that. We can at least entertain that possibility. Then we're adding Matthew Meyer from Baylor, Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech. That's kind of where that's those are the that's the one-two punch for Brad Underwood in this kind of quick rebuild that I hate using that word. Never mind. I'm not using that. Retool. word. Retool. Yeah. Just a word that I I don't wanna use that word, I use that word for NBA teams yeah, that are trying Yeah, this is not a rebuild. um Bringing in, you know, a sort of a a roster that um is quite different from the one that has delivered some success for Illinois the last couple of years. Yeah. Um and Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon Jr. at the center of that. You
1: also lose Jacob Grandison, which was part of the equation for me. Mm-hmm. Not a earth shattering development, but in terms of the core of last year's team. It's
0: gone
1: mm-hmm. and, you know and Trent Frazier, which doesn't factor into the transfer portal equation, but and Coburn, of course, too. You know right. those those four guys. But you replace them with Meyer and Terrence Shannon, two accomplished players in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Matthew Meyer still hasn't taken. And part of this was, too, I was skeptical about how high I am on these two players. Mm -hmm. Because Matthew Meyer just hasn't taken that next step yet. But this is absolutely a position in which he could do that. Mm -hmm. And then you add in, and we'll get to this more big-time preview, but the exceptionally talented younger players they have that are now going to get to shine, particularly RJ Melendez. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this is a top-15 team in the country preseason again. So that's all of the, that is all of the winners I had. Because mm-hmm. Illinois was my third one, and Gonzaga okay. was my second. Gotcha. If I had to pick one Big, te- big East team, I would go with Butler. That the makes dogs, you, maybe that baby! Makes you, if that makes you feel better.
0: That does make me be. feel a little bit better.
1: No, but I mean, has anybody done better in the actual train To go from potentially losing your— Now, of course, most of these guys were going to come back once you got a coach. Mm-hmm. But no coach— You start late, Mm -hmm. you get two transfers. You are going after to fill voids, and all of these young pieces stay. Mm
0: -hmm. That doesn't happen. And as much as I love Aaron Thompson, I think you're going to unlock the backcourt in a way that it just is really hard, right? Because the the great thing, the the thing that Kamar Baldwin did was that it allowed Aaron Thompson to be Aaron Thompson without being blatantly obvious how poor he is creating offensively, right? For himself, at least. But when you're poor creating for yourself, it's much harder for you to create for others, right? Yeah. That's why playmakers that can get their own shot are so highly sought after. Right. Um But Chuck Harris is not Kamar Baldwin, as good as Chuck has been his first couple of years at Butler. Chuck is not Kamar Baldwin, so it doesn't exactly mask how static and how difficult offense some, yeah. looks sometimes when AT has to be on the floor because he's that good defensively. Like, he's just... He's good and he's he's so good at the things he's good at that he has to be on the floor, but it hinders some offense um, to the dismay of lots of Butler fans because it just looks like man, it's so much harder for us to get good shots than some other teams. Um, but like you said, um, you're right? Thad Mata comes in. You get basically everybody you looked at, like, right? Like they got the targets, right? They, yeah. it's they didn't. I mean, we're talking first first choice for pretty much all of the holes they were trying to plug. Simas Lukošius initially yep. in the portal. Um, comes back after Thad Mata uh, is named the new head coach, a, a guy that has quick that has become a guy I'm excited about next year. I'm a little like like we're, we've kind of done this like, oh, my gosh, did you see this Big East game kind of thing with him? You know, Big East Conference. But he was very good at the end of the season. I'm excited that he's coming back. Um, and now all of a sudden you've gone from uh, a team that you weren't sure Potentially actually any,
1: rebuilding right you
0: weren't sure if they had any of direction whatsoever right to hiring thad mata to just getting after it in the transfer portal and really seeing how much pull thad still has yeah. in the sport yep um is uh is super impressive uh so shouts to the dogs so, and not just because the dogs um uh not just because butler is not just because we're butler
1: friends. yeah no
0: um the other thing the the other kind of winner i had was um the other winner i had was indiana but more based on the fact that there are a bunch of losers in the big 10 that some of the team that the teams that needed the transfer portal and and to be fair um a lot of this calculation kind of also starts with you know it takes into account guys that either did or did not come back to school um, admittedly um Because I think it's just inherently part of the conversation. But IU kind of brought everybody back that was coming back. And Michigan and other teams kind of vying for position at the top of the Big Ten kind of went the other direction. So not, maybe I'm cheating a little bit here. um, But really what we're trying to talk about is winners and losers of rosters and the way things shook out um, with all the moving pieces in the college basketball. Offseason, uh, Indiana certainly up there. Um, but kind of in that, you know, the conversation, uh, Butler, Creighton. Um,
1: Just one piece, that's all. Yeah, um, <laughs> But that's Houston, absolutely.
0: Um, lots of, uh, there There are lots of teams that could go yes. in that third spot.
1: It, it really did feel like there were a lot more winners than losers, I will say. That's mm-hmm. what happens of that. when there are a gajillion guys right. transferring. Now we go to the losers. Hit me. To me, there's one that just sticks out, and -hmm. I feel kind of bad beating up on them some more, but it's LSU. Yeah. Just let's put this in perspective here. Two of the top 12 transfers listed by 247 Sports played for LSU last year and are now playing for different teams. Mm -hmm. Three other players transferred. Two of the three players coming in are from Murray State. Mm -hmm. This is not Matt McMahon's fault. He knew what he was getting into. This was always what it was going to be. Right. But a lot of these teams who lost big pieces were able to at least do some positive things in the transfer portal Mm -hmm. to help negate that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And LSU really was not. I don't have a time about that, (laughs) to be honest with you. Just wanted to throw the numbers to sort of put it into context.
0: Yeah, it is... Not especially something... It's not exactly something that anybody, a you know, part of that program right this second, did wrong. Right. But it's the unfortunate reality of the situation yep. um, for for LSU, for Matt McMahon. And just kind of the, the status of that program at this moment. Yeah, they were on my list as well. Um, went on there pretty quickly. Um, next on my list is Iowa State. Because... It's it's really tough when a program like Iowa State loses the guy who, like you were kind of hoping, was going to be your guy yeah. for at least the next year, if not the next couple of years. And, you know, Osselberger has seen in his short tenure so far as the Iowa State head coach the how nice the transfer portal can be to you and how not nice the transfer portal can be to you, depending on... Um, Depending on which side of the stick that you're on. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year we, you know, we're talking about an Iowa State team that was off to a really, really hot start, right? And a team that made much more noise than we were expecting them to make. And then they kind of fizzled off in the way that we were expecting them to in Big, in big 12 play. But a team that I felt like is moving in the right direction, right? And when you look at, you know, right, you're talking Isaiah Brockington, Gabe Kelscher from, you know, transfer of transfer portals of past. Yes. Um, and but then right you don't get AJ Green this year despite AJ Green's dad being on the now, you know and AJ Green decided to go pro so that was clearly like if you if if he felt it seemed like if he felt like he could get into the NBA somehow yeah. he was going to do it so maybe it's more you know the NBA versus Iowa State which is not exactly a fair conversation The reality
1: was though you were you were in the running for a player with Duke right that is Always a positive, right? And, and didn't end up with that play.
0: right? And then you know I've gone a minute and a half now talking about Iowa State, and the and I haven't even gotten to the real reason that they're my loser, and that's because you lose Tyrese Hunter. Ten, ten. Yeah. Not only do you lose him, but then you get to watch him with his new team come into, um, come into Ames next, next year and probably beat you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I came real close. They probably would have been my fourth one. I do like a couple of the additions. To help negate that a little bit, and I was viewing this more specifically in the context of the transfer portal. So the overall, from a overall roster depletion standpoint, they might be team two behind LSU. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I I gave them a little bit of grace because some of those, you know, it wasn't all those guys leaving for other programs. It was Tyrese Hunter and Tyrese Hunter right. alone, and it. I trust Otzelberger when you're able to land some guys in the portal that. And they're going to work in that program, so I gave him some bonus points for that. But okay. it certainly, All it right. is unfortunate he's going to be playing at Hilton Coliseum as an opposing player. Mm-hmm. I'll stay in the Big 12 for my second team, okay. Oklahoma State. Isaac Likely, Kalen Boone, Rondell Walker played 71 minutes a game between among them last season. Mm-hmm. You got five players leaving, and you brought in some successful mid-major guys. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is part of the foundation of your roster and was specifically moving forward into this season. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm still a huge Isaac Likely guy. The season wasn't great, but I will continue to believe he was part of the reason why that team was so good when Kate Cunningham was there. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was Kate Cunningham first and foremost. Right, But the reason that was a really good basketball team and not Ben Simmons at LSU was primarily because of Isaac Likely and the Boons and these guys who are now leaving the program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the unfortunate hand they were dealt last year, nobody's fault from Mike Boynton on down within the program. But it's a lot of turnover and it's key guys that are departing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I almost made Ohio State one of my winners partially because of Isaac Likely. I really, we'll, we'll get to this more when we talk about the Big Ten. I couldn't bring myself to do it because I don't think they're difference makers, but I really like what Ohio State did in the transfer portal. So that's that's my second team is Oklahoma State. Just tough go. Just feel bad for Mike Boynton. That's tough. It is for something he
0: didn't do. Yeah, and we've had that conversation a million times, and it it as impossible as it is to punish you know guys that weren't part of the thing that the program did wrong it's equally as impossible to try to find a way to actually punish those individual guys right especially when some of those guys are like you know in prison or you know headed to headed to prison um so it you know it of course makes sense but um it really is unfortunate that right you feel like they like there was palpable momentum yes and it just gone and now it's if Mike Boynton makes it through the next five years as the Oklahoma State head coach, like I maybe I won't be surprised. But like if you asked me which one I bet on right this second, I'm not sure which one I'm betting on. At the very least, the odds are very similar.
1: And at least changes a, a conversation about how interested are you in taking other jobs, right? I mean,
0: if that's only a good to point.
1: if only to protect yourself in your future for yep. that very reason. Yep um
0: man i could go several different places here i could go in very similar fashion i'm big i learned this i learned this about myself that if you lost your best player you're immediately really <laughs> high on my list i.e kansas state yep. um i.e texas tech i.e um, texas Tech's an interesting one because yeah.
1: i love what i love what they did in terms of replacements and mm-hmm. It's just that Davion Harmon is not Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCuller. They also came very... That was one of those, again, where my net... Sort of the net gain or net loss. I came close. To me, they're one of the obvious teams to have that conversation about, but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the net loss was quite big enough to make my list. I was looking specifically for teams that lost a lot and weren't Mm -hmm. able to replace it very well. Okay, who's the last one on your list? So my last team is Louisville. Okay, all right. Again, not shocking with, with a new coach coming in and all of that stuff. At the same time, this is Kenny Payne. Mm-hmm. And you would have hoped that there's always going to be. And that's also part of why I didn't punish Kansas State as much mm-hmm. is I will forever go to bat for Jerome Tang. I just uh, don't know what he's supposed to do there. Mm-hmm. It's You just kind of got to wipe the slate clean. But Louisville loses, and part of this is also specifically how Louisville's roster broke out last year. Mm-hmm. There were nine players averaging between five point six and nine point six points per game. They didn't have a player in double averaging double figures. Mm-hmm. Okay, four of those nine players are now gone, headlined by Noah Locke and former five-star recruit Samuel Williamson, who for a variety of reasons it just never really worked for him. Mm-hmm. But there was an awful lot of, I mean, again, looking to the sort of the core, I almost did the opposite of you. You were looking at the, the big-time name that you lost. And I was kind of looking at what teams are just going to look completely Deplated? different Yeah, sure. and don't have sort of an obvious solution to the problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yeah, I did pick on LSU and Louisville with those coaching situations a little bit. But I'm high on Kenny Payne and what Louisville is going to be. And so... This is always it happens to a certain extent. But again, I mean when you don't have a guy and then you lose four out of these nine players who were the primary scorers on your team. It's
0: and and I'm also big on right Mark Adams is probably gonna be fine at Texas Tech. Yes. But like TJ also like I'm also big on this idea of like the arc of your tenure at your current job can change based on this one transfer. Right? Like, like, Osselberger's doing a good job, but... He's gonna get time. Hopefully. I mean, but also, we could look up in in five years and they haven't won more than four games in the Big 12. Right. And, 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 so, so not, not in the. Oh, Alseberg is not going to get fired yes. at the end of the twenty twenty three season. Not from, not, in, not necessarily in that sense. But, but
1: you might be a top twenty five team for the next couple of years at Tyrese Hunters. There. Right,
0: and and you know what is the what is what trumps literally every recruiting tool. What's the one recruiting tool that trumps literally everything? Winning. Right. Oh, okay. Winning. Okay. It, the the easiest way to attract somebody oh. to come to your program is to, to say, look to how much we win. Right. Yeah. That's why Gonzaga gets pretty right. much whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Mark Fu can say, hey, literally nobody wins like us right now. Literally nobody. Yeah. And, and so it is just a matter of fact that when, and even if it's subconsciously, recruits look at that as, man, that guy didn't really want to go there. Maybe that's the best offer he got. Right, I mean, and, and there's a difference between right getting a chance to play. I mean, it happens plenty of times at like regional schools, right? I went to Eastern Michigan instead of Michigan, just hypothetically. Yeah. I went to Eastern Michigan, but then I was really good in Michigan. I was like, oh, well, I, we kind of overlooked that guy. Let's offer him a mm-hmm. – let's see if he's interested in transferring to Michigan. Right. Um, but, you know, in the same with, like, with Nigel Pack, Pack. at Kansas State is – like like Nigel Pack was a first team all Big 12 player and Kansas State really needs those type of guys to stick around to to create any type of momentum within their program because those guys just don't come around very often and you hope that they stick around and that maybe one of those years you have a guy you know you have a team around that guy that has a chance to you know Finish in the top three of the Big 12. Or, hey,
1: I mean, Kansas State has had a couple of years in recent memory where they were as good as any team in the conference. Right.
0: And that it just kills the momentum for yeah. certain programs, especially in, you know, because mid-major is kind of the reality of the situation. But there are some, you know, at the high-major level, teams that, you know, you feel like they just got momentum that they weren't exactly expecting, at least that, you know, fast from one player. And then he leaves. So... That's that it's hard for me to look past those because it just doesn't matter what Iowa State does in the transfer portal after they lose Tigers Hunter. They're not going to be as good. They're not going to be as good. And the same can be said for Kansas State and those teams that fit on the list of man, we lost the guy who who was our best player last year, would have been our best player next year, and that everything would have revolved around. We have to fundamentally change our offense. The way we think about the weapons on our team, because that guy is no longer here, and
1: the place that hits most is mid majors. Correct. That was not the point you were making at all. No, but no it, it was I not. just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. In terms of this, is what I really dislike about the transfer portal and the way sure. it works. Sure. Is right. You find that guy, you support and develop that guy, and then it's kind of see you because I want to. Go test it at the higher level.
0: But then again, Matt McMahon got to go from Murray State to LSU.
1: Right. And so as part of it's, yes, we, we've had this conversation before and there's there's plenty of contact. The other, real quick, the other thing I wanted to, to bring up in the transfer pool conversation. <laughs> have you seen how many of these guys have or expect to get a waiver? Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's not like most of these players are first-time transfers. Mm-hmm. But there is a set of guys.
0: That's Davion, kind of a foregone conclusion. That Davion gonna...
1: Harmon being one of them. Mm-hmm. Davion Harmon already transferred. Noah Lock already transferred. Mm-hmm. Right? This is school three. Right. The other one that comes to mind is, I believe, Jalen Bridges. I'm trying to no. Is that who it is? Don't quote me on that.
0: I'm a quote I, you on it. Bubble quote, pulling it out. I'm big bold to, letters. I'm trying to remember.
1: It's a a West Virginia part of what I was reading about Texas Tech and Mark Adams' thoughts on this year's team was, yeah, we think we can get because we've seen other Big Twelve teams, particularly West Virginia, mm-hmm. get clearance for transfers. We think we can get it for David Horton too. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't. I'm now I'm blanking on the player, and I apologize. But that. <laughs> it's just kind of the snowball effect of well if you can do it once here we are talking about waivers and it's very it's getting closer and closer to free agency here Yeah. and somehow some way the NCAA's got to figure this out and actually let people know what how these waivers are going to work in a way that makes sense because they still don't and you're always going to have the team that says well if that guy gets to play for no apparent specific reason why does a dog get to play for no apparent specific reason right. and we're already seeing it here with some of these guys yep Anything else? That's all. That's all. That's it.
0: Okay. Please subscribe to the J.S. Podcast Now Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and the YouTube channel. I'm looking at you. I know you see it. That red button. Hit that red button. That red button right below the screen. I know you see it. I know you see it. Um, And like you got a Gmail account, don't you? That means you have a YouTube account. Okay, don't give me none of this. I don't got a YouTube account. Don't give me none of that. (laughs) Um, hit the subscribe button right down there. Uh, very much appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the J's Today's podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. And we will see you later.